You know something, Robin, I was just wondering? Are we good guys or bad guys? You know, I mean, uh, are robbing the rich to feed the poor? Rob? That's a naughty word. We never rob. We just sort of borrow a bit from those who can afford it. Borrow? <laughs> Boy, are we in debt. Rollers and welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library. Wee wee wee. Woo! We've returned. Oodle lolly. Uh, <laughs> where? What happened? Where did? Where did we go? Hey, you know what? If you think about it, we only took a week off because That's I did true. a live episode, <laughs> which I'm not gonna lie. So, so okay. So, hello, listeners. I'm Jeff. That's TC over there. Hi. Well, welcome back. Good to be back <laughs> to the Disney Animation Studios podcast, where we discuss a Disney movie a week. Exactly. Or sometimes once a month, depending upon our schedules. <laughs> Though in all fairness, so I was actually on the plane ride um, for the, so that was two episodes ago, mm-hmm. or not with us, sorry, this was last episode for listeners who are listening. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was on the plane ride out to California listening to TC's episode the, that he recorded. The, the live episode. That was that, the live episode. That, that was a, an on the win, I, on, like I just, I was like, hey, you know what? I we should do something. I thought about recording something and then releasing it, but then I saw how many comments and tweets we hadn't gotten around to in the past twenty episodes. So I thought <laughs> I could play a little catch up, and uh, it was all right. I I want to thank people who watched live, which mm-hmm. I streamed through my Facebook page. I realized by doing that, I cut off from the people who follow strictly on Ghost Hat. So, but I was able to get uh, some questions and comments answered from. The ghost hat uh, from the Twitter, from the Twitter, from the Twitters. Yeah, but that's awesome. That's all uh, you know. And the thing is, is I will try to keep that in mind for the next time that if for some reason you're not able to do it, mm-hmm. um, and we, you know, and I'm around because that's happened once or twice now. And had I thought of it back then, I would have totally done a live video that would have made complete sense and basically done a live episode. Yeah, so. yeah. We'll try to do something like that. If there's if there's material that I we can fill it in and make it last for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, then there won't be, and we'll just have a week off again. So, but if there is something, yeah, we'll make it work. Uh, we we thank those of you who have the the patience to take a week off from us and then come back. So welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. We we I do have another idea. If we ever have to skip a, a couple weeks again, another bonus style episode we will release. But. You'll, that's just it. That's all I'm gonna say. You get you get a little tease like that, and then oh. you'll just have to wait. TC mm-hmm. with the teasing, mm-hmm. because we mm. we don't want you guys to be la- in uh, a lack uh, have a lack of content, right? <laughs> no. And I'm very glad. I'm very glad that uh, Lindsay and Colin were posting uh, their episodes this week as well. So there was at least or uh, last week, so there was at least new episodes of Top Shelf in one capacity or the mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. They did that uh, was, Argo uh, that was and. 12 Years a Slave, or those the two they just did? Yep, yeah. yep, exactly. So it was awesome. That was great. And then you you posted your uh, your yeah, your rewatchment. Yes, so I, there was yeah, I, there's, there was things happening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have I have not really promoted the rewatchman via this podcast in the past. Um, I've plugged it maybe a couple times, but it is my other podcast that I've been doing for five years now. 
which mm-hmm. it's a much more long format show. You'll anyone who might have gone from this, which typically runs about an hour, over to Rewatchmen, which typically runs about two and a half. <laughs> I'm Our sure. podcast very lean. Yeah. TC's podcast full of awesomeness. Ve- well, or or just very wordy. It's. Uh... <laughs> Well, and then I appear on those episodes every once in a while. Not with you, unfortunately, but right. Wait, you know, as much as it's a, it's all franchising. So the rewatch exactly. we have a second segment where Jeff and, and Schulze do episodes of the rewatchment on their way to watching a movie and then responding on the way back. But enough, Which are pretty fun. Enough <laughs> plugging the other show. We are here to discuss a Disney movie, Jeff. Oh, TC, I thought we were just going to talk about other podcasts for forty five minutes, and then I would give my opinion about this movie, and we would end. Uh, <laughs> uh, I rank it uh, this. Okay, uh, see you next week. <laughs> yeah, see you guys next week. Uh, no, so this week we what the movie we watched this week. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Now that we've started, because uh, the previous episode where we finished off with the Aristocats, we finished off our second bracket. That's so right. So we're also starting a third bracket this week folks we are into the next 10 we are movie number 21 exactly and now as we've said before these next 10 movies they span quite a long distance in disney time uh where the first 20 kind of spread what was it? it's about 31 years or so yeah yeah yeah. we started with well today we watched today we watched robin hood the animated 1973 robin hood and number 10 which we we Typically don't like to talk too much of what's coming in advance, but uh, the 10th movie on this list is Beauty and the Beast, which came out in 94? Uh, in uh, in uh, 91. 91. 91, okay, 91, yeah. But 73 still, to 91, that's a big gap of movies. <laughs> that's a big gap for 10 movies. Mm-hmm. You know, it took us it took us 20 movies to get 30 years. It's now going to take us 10 movies to get almost 20. So uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's going to be interesting, and... and uh, not to give away my feelings on this film later on, but if this movie is an incl- inclination as to what to expect, I'm I'm going to be very sad for a while, uh, unfortunately. Well, oh, well here, there, let's just jump right in. When is the last time? Have you've never seen this? I have never seen Robin Hood. Never have seen Robin Hood. Now, yes, you have seen parts of Robin Hood because they recycled quite a bit of animation. Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes, they did, and and that 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 party sequence. That where they're all kind of like they're 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 all celebrating. Um, it's not obviously not the end, but it's what is that? It's like two thirds of the way through. Yeah, the film it's or af- so. after Robin uh, and Marion escape from the the archery tournaments. Yep, exactly. I'm watching that scene, going, okay, well that's 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 uh, well that's Snow White, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. Oh, and that's uh, oh what is it? It's uh, uh, was it the Aristocats? Yeah, yeah. and uh, Jungle Book <laughs> and Jungle Book, and I'm like, wow, I'm like oh, they're just they're just. This is this move. This entire sequence just feels like a a rehash of previous animated films we've seen so far, uh, and obviously that's because as we previously discussed, we're in the midst of that whole Xerox era where they're trying to make these movies cheaper mm-hmm. and uh, and more efficient, uh, get them done quicker. Not done quicker, but they're just trying to get them done and under a uh, much smaller budget because this movie only had a budget of about five million, which is insane <laughs> which is insane but the, oh the the shortcuts of of animation that disney is using here is still really well done it, despite the fact that we, we've watched these consistently we can see because we've seen the other ones so recently oh well mm-hmm. that's a copy that's a copy but um i don't think the layman <laughs> the normal movie watcher <laughs> is going to watch that and go well hold on a minute that's from aristocats because when's the last normal 
movie watcher watched the Aristocats. <laughs> Right, exactly. And and even so, even back in the day, you know, you got to think about it pre-home video, pre, you know, obviously pre-VHS and people owning these movies at, you know, on their own time. Aristocats had came out three years prior. And in three years time, even if you were a diehard Disney fan who went out and saw every movie they released, three years is a long time for you to remember yeah. three seconds of an animation there, bit. There was no home video at this point. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, and like you were saying, like, we're watching it consistently. We're watching them usually week after week. So Aristocats for us, even though it really was three weeks ago, mm-hmm. I could still watch it going, oh, well, that's, you know, that's the party scene in the house or that's this. Right. Or, that's obviously the racist uh, Chinese cat. <laughs> he's a that's Chinese, like, he's a Chinese rabbit now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you guys aren't really trying hard to cover that up. <laughs> but like, we could see it, like you said, we could see it. And, and the average home viewer nowadays will note, recognize it a lot more often because you, we have access to it. Right, right. You know, we can pop them all in on the same night and watch them and be like, well, obviously, yes, this is lifted from that, that's from that, and that's from that. But, but th- that yeah. aside, the, the recycling of animation aside, there is, for me, and I'm, I'm interested to see where you land in this, Jeff, but the, mm-hmm. the nuanced animation of some of these characters is really, really neat. The, oh, yeah. Uh, Robin himself and how he gestures with his hands and the way he moves his head when he talks and the way the mouths are animated. Uh, I loved I loved when when he goes to the archery scene and he's in disguise mm-hmm. as like the pelican mm-hmm. and he leans into Maid Marian and they have that like long close up of his eyes when she's realizing who it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Even that I went, wow, that was really well done. Actually, like to get to get some kind of recognition and life out of a 2D animated thing <laughs> that where we where I just spent three minutes talking about how cheap this movie looks in some spots, you know, or like because it's in that era of just trying to make a cheap movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like they could still pull that off, and it it's very believable. Yeah, uh, um, uh, Prince John's animation. Um, oh, so good. It's very good. And Ka, who we saw in Jungle Book, is now Hiss, uh, <laughs> not a boa constrictor anymore. He's just as much smaller grass snake. The 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 gags they did where he like crosses his arms, his non-existent arms to rest on right and, to rest on like the side of the bucket. Like yep, yep. Uh, that was unbelievable. The the gag where he's the balloon. Um, there's some really, <laughs> and I think that this whole this whole movie has a lot of charm to it because they put a lot of neat, subtle, nuanced gags everywhere. Despite I'm not despite yeah. reusing the animation. I'm not gonna lie that that balloon gag was so ridiculous. I watched it going, "That's that's not how anything works." But my favorite de- okay, my favorite detail of that is the 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 mouth sound effect for the 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 tail spinning that they didn't yes. use a propeller sound. They had a guy going. <laughs> it's like oh Disney, oh Disney. Walt's gone, and this is what you're resulting to, but it's pretty damn good. I'm, I like what you're doing, guys. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of wordplay in this movie as well that I I appreciate. That the, it's all these little jokes that for for me make this movie much more charming than something like the Aristocats, which felt it felt a little more shallow. It felt like retreading a lot of ground that mm-hmm. we'd seen in other things, as we mentioned. But with Robin Hood here, the 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 fun little details they put in the animation the f- the fun wordplay that they had and even the voice acting just from Robin himself yeah. that guy got to do how many different disguises with how many different voices that was really neat that right and there was a moment where I actually thought that they had maybe got a different voice actor mm-hmm. for when he's doing the vocal like when he's doing a different voice because it sounded 
different enough that I didn't think it was the same actor. Yeah. And then I went, oh wait, no, no, that that is that is the same guy. Mm-hmm. That is the mm-hmm. same person doing it. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. That yeah, he got to kind of for this animated movie about Robin Hood where it's all animals, which I want to come back to that. Um, it, it was, it was definitely an acting. It was, it, they were, yeah, like you said, they were able to kind of stretch some of their acting chops a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, Phil Harris is still just Phil Harris doing <laughs> the same bear character he's done for the last like four movies. Yeah. It's Thomas O'Malley. But... <laughs> it's blue. Yeah. It's just, it's just Phil Harris, but he is, he is a lovable voice. Uh, the voice, the voice of blue, the voice of little John, Phil Harris, is a charming voice. I like the guy. I'm not going to lie. I don't mind that it's blue again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to think that they were trying to, that Disney was trying to create this bear verse. And it's all like, they're all related or they're all ancestors. And it's all just Phil Harris. Phil Harris just does every bear ever in the Disney movies. It's, it was, it's a nice recurring voice. We also got uh, Sterling Holloway came back again as the, as uh, Sexton, the, 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 the priest mouse. The priest mouse. Mm-hmm. That's that's who I was trying to find him. I did not recognize him anywhere. Yeah, that was that was Sterling Holloway. Mm. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. But uh, yeah, no, that's it's. It, it, I mean, so so I really okay. Sorry, it's a quick 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 tangent. Do quick it. Quick side side tangent. note. I wanted to do it before I forget. Um, I wanted to ask you regarding like this movie. So this is the this is this has the um, the honor of being the first fully uh animal animated movie mm-hmm. like it's, no it's hu- the first disney movie where there's no humans in it right now bambi was the was actually the first one i should say that for bambi was the first one that had no humans in it mm-hmm. man is implied obviously since bambi's mom gets shot right and you can see shadows and whatnot but it's you don't see humans in that but this is the first one where all the animals are anthropomorphic completely yeah this is a humanless story now why why do you think they did? I, I am legitimately asking this. This is just discussion. <laughs> I don't have an answer to this. Why? Uh, why go? But with why animals? do you think okay. they did that? Yeah. Well, let's see. This is this is the seventies. So um, this could be a there could be a couple factors here. Returning to what Disney thrives at, which is their animal characters versus their human characters. They'd uh-huh. seen success with Lady and the Tramp and Hundred and One Dalmatians and Bambi. If you go back even further. So it could have been a decision made on that account that it's like their their animal characters, their cartoon animal characters do better than their human characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it could also be from the popularity of Watership Down and Wind in the Willows, which was decades earlier. But uh, it even could go so far as as Disney Studios was looking for stories to adapt, there is a French book series about Reynard the Fox. And okay. though they, they eyeballed it as something they wanted to develop, who knows who Reynard the Fox is? That's not even popular enough to be a world-renowned character in the 70s. Right, so right. So someone was smart enough to say, hey, what about another European folklore? Let's go with Robin Hood and and take this idea of Reynard the Fox, who has a, a ton of similarities to Robin Hood, and capitalize on that popularity. So Robin Hood, interesting. Robin Hood does add to this um, this collection of Disney movies that are the epitome. This even opens with a book, Robin Hood, the book opening up. Yep, yep, a live action book opening mm-hmm. until the 
first page is flipped and then it becomes animated right. but it is a live action book in the start which 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 threw me for a loop and that was that's actually uh one of my uh I l- started listening it listing it as a disney trope yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a trope along, it is a trope that's it, for sure it is a trope along with the unfortunately along with the recycled animation right uh, <laughs> but, but they they did do something whether it was a deliberate mm, I, I wouldn't say it's a meta joke because i don't feel like meta jokes were as in vogue as they are now, but mm-hmm. they had, it opens up the book opens and there's reading. There's not even someone reading it to me. It's yeah. just the text on the screen. And then Alan Adele, the rooster comes in and goes, let me tell you a story. There's plenty of versions of Robin hood, but us people, us in the animal kingdom have one of our own as well. And then he starts telling the story. I thought that was a, an interesting choice and possibly a send up on this is how it used to be done. Now we're going to do it a little differently, right? We're we're going a new direction. We're we're taking that step away from what you know and what you you know what you're quote unquote comfortable mm-hmm. with, and we're we're taking it a new direction. I did the 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 uh, Alan. Uh, what, sorry, it's Alan Adale, right? Yeah, Alan uh, Ad- Adale. Adale. Alan Alan of Dale, <laughs> if that helps you. Okay. <laughs> he, he's the, he's the bard from Robin Hood folklore, so they just. Okay adapted him into this this omniscient narrator for this movie and it was it was a weird it was a weird change it going to like going with what you were saying when the book opened up and the there was text on the screen i was waiting for the voice the narrator to start long ago king richard yeah Yeah, right and it didn't happen and there wasn't (laughs) and i was like wait did i am i not watching the right version like is there supposed to be some voice here is this like a foreign how, version i have that how didn't spoiled are we because i thought I the same thing i was like is there no voice do i not have the is right no audio voice? channels playing right now <laughs> yeah i'm like do i have to read mom this movie's making me read i gotta read mom <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to read that's why i'm watching a movie but at the same time i then once he came on i did like that i liked that they had a kind of a nice little shift into a different approach and then the whole opening credit sequence um which we've seen stuff like this before uh, wasn't it um wasn't it uh, 101 dalmatians that was using like bits of animation yes. from yeah, the yeah, movie yeah yeah and um yeah showing us stuff we're going to see and it's right. really what they just did was ran cycles of all the characters which was a parade of showing off here's all the characters we've designed for this movie that you're mm-hmm. about to see play out this this uh, this fantastical adventure, um, uh, an interesting overture, right? Right, right. Uh, actually, I should ask you: Did you watch the the uh, special edition, the the enhanced special edition, where they cleaned it up a little bit, or did you watch an original version? Do you know? I uh, the one that I had was was a was a special edition. It was a cleaned up version. Okay, I watched the original VHS copy <laughs> so that I okay. had. So it's it's still dirty, <laughs> and you can see the the cell shadows in a couple of the a couple of the spots. <laughs> um, but looking at it, I could see boy cleaned up. This movie would be even more beautiful. Like I could yeah. see that it's the hand drawn detail. It's the pencil lines. I do like that. But I could see it could stand for an, for a cleanup, which is what you yep. which is what you watched, which is what I watched. And and I will say this: the the, the backgrounds in this movie were very beautiful. Oh, they yeah. do they do they re, they reminded me of like children's books from when I was younger. They remind me of that type of drawing and that type of um, just just backgrounds to it. Just the way they're they're colored and the the ink lines and mm-hmm. and the characters that are on the front of them. Every you I feel like you could pause at least. 
three or four dozen moments in this movie, and it would just look like a picture in a book. Yeah, the like a, in a fairy tale book. And it it was the design on the castles, and even even subtle design elements that you don't take notice of because they're not obvious. But something as simple as Friar Tuck and Father Sexton's church is being held up on the side by a big big uh, log, like the, mm-hmm. the clock tower is tilting. And they could have easily have made that a bit like they did in Sword of the Stone where Merlin's tower is rocking, but it's not. It's just a design element in the location that's very detailed. Yep. Yep. And it just, it, it, the, going back to kind of what you were saying earlier, the, some of the animation choices that they chose with the characters, I really dug, um, uh, uh, uh oh my goodness, I'm spacing on the king's name <laughs> Prince, oh. Prince John. Prince John, or King Richard, like, who was the King Richard, the real, who's the brother, yeah. who was the real king. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Prince John, like I loved what they did with him. I loved that his his crown doesn't actually <laughs> it doesn't fit. fit. The sucking. I want my mummy, mummy. Yeah. It, <laughs> I love that for a character that, and that's that's a total. It's a total like slap in the face to to Prince John, you know, who was always kind of hinted at being the lesser of the you yeah, know, of the, the, of being the, a, the leaders, a pampered baby, right? <laughs> yep, yep. And the fact that like his his crown doesn't fit is a nice kind of uh, symbolic uh, uh, nod to the to him not being the true mm-hmm. you know leader of the land because well his crown doesn't even fit his head correctly. Yeah. And, Obviously, that's not supposed to be what he's doing, and and it's a uh, yeah, it's oh man, it was it was a lot of fun. It's it's fun. like I'm I'm getting this point now that we've watched so many of these that uh, again going back to like that feeling of recycled animation. There's definitely a lot of these have to be a conscious decision to be like little nods to previous Disney movies. Yeah, because there's been enough of them now, right? Yeah. Exactly, because again, like like you were saying, uh, the 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 snake. Oh my goodness, Sir Hiss, mm-hmm. um, him having the hypnotic eyes, just like from the Jungle Book, mm-hmm. uh, feels like oh, that was more. And he only does it that one time. Yes, in the yeah. entire movie, right? Like it didn't. That, he did imply that he hypnotized King Richard to make him go on the Crusades. He said okay. that he's like, it's a, you know, you tricked me, or you made me hypnotize your brother, so he'd go off on that ridiculous crusade. That's right. You know. I, I have a, a, a to go back to your why are there why are these animals instead of mm-hmm. live action right? This movie feels like a young reader book for a much more complex mythology. Robin Hood is this legend. He's it's he's a legend of literature that goes for centuries. I mean, hell, Robin Hood shows up in a Once in Future King, the first novel by mm-hmm. T. S. White. Um, and a young reader book, it's like if you if you got the Star Wars Episode Seven Young Reader Edition, it would be right. a simplified, a not a patronizing version, but a, a simpler, easier to understand version for adolescents. Mm-hmm. And to paint this picture of the legend of Robin Hood with animals, with simplified versions of his legend, I feel it 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 creates an access for kids to be interested in this this legend of literature i know it worked for me i I don't know if it was this movie or that my librarian elementary school read us the the legend of robin hood the novel but i went through a robin hood phase there was a time where (laughs) i got every robin hood lego i could get and had made my own bow and arrow like i i was skippy the rabbit from from this movie (laughs) 
So there's there is something very interesting. I was looking at the the cast list <clears throat> of the animals that they ca- like. What animal is what character? Right. And I definitely do see a connection to the character and the animal that is portraying that character. Okay. Um, you know, because you you do kind of see. Okay, so Robin Hood's a fox. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense because Robin Hood was supposed to be cunning and, you know, sly, and fast yeah. and sly and very quick and just like, oh, okay, makes sense. That's kind of the fox. That's the fast character, but it's got kind of a stylized to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Little John's a bear. And that was always kind of the, the gag with Little John was that he was a big kind of <laughs> giant, like just strong man. Well, uh, the bear makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Adele being a rooster makes sense because they are supposed to get, you know, roosters are oftentimes like get your attention and, 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 and bring you in and, you know, wake you up like they're all crowing in the morning. Yeah, It makes sense. Like, and then like the lion's, you know, like Prince John and King Richard being lions, that makes sense because you know they're the they're the kings of the jungle, or you know they're the, they're the heads of all of them. So of course they're that's those two have to be lions. That makes sense, right? So it's it was it's it's and the sheriff Nottingham being a wolf, you know, because he's such a bad guy mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. evil, and wolves are supposed <laughs> to be kind of bad and evil, and um, yeah, it was it's it's an interesting it, it, that does make sense. Uh, I just I still. And I guess from what you were saying earlier about uh, wanting to to make like a version of uh, Renard the Fox, but uh, obviously it just translated eventually down the line into it becoming Robin Hood. Robin Hood uh, makes sense. That definitely does make sense. It's just so weird. It took so long for it to happen to to make a you Robin know. Hood animated movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It uh, feels like it should have been a lot sooner than this. But, but. then at the same time, twenty-one movies is not a lot of movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a lot of movies. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we got around our twentieth or so. Then we started making it. It's, it's cool. You know? Really, I'm I'm glad that they did it when they did it because this this was a nice uh, transition because mm-hmm. Aristocats did you you I felt the lack of Walt. I could feel the lack of Walt Disney, and and as we were kind of criticizing. Aristocats, it was pointed out that maybe the movie suffers because the production company was sad and suffering the loss of Walt, and that's why the movie felt as flat as it did. Whereas Robin Hood was kind of the rally. That's okay, right. let's all right, come on, shake it off, guys. Let's let's put our heart and souls in this movie and make a movie that for Walt. Let's let's put put some effort into this one. Not that they didn't put effort before, but you know what I mean. And uh Right, right. Um. Yeah, I'm, I had they done it sooner, it might have been more like Sword in the Stone, which Sword in the Stone, for its faults and for its charms, it doesn't hold up as well as a lot of the other twenty-one movies we've watched up to this point. Mm-hmm. There are there are literary scholars who put this version of Robin Hood on the list of some of the greatest adaptations of the character. Really, and that's that's. Crazy. So I, I um, the rewatchman, we did an episode of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. The Kevin Costner one? Yes. And okay. in researching that movie to discuss it on the show, I got into reading a lot of lists of the best versions of Robin Hood and some of the worst versions of Robin Hood. And this animated version of Robin Hood is considered one of the one of the better ones, higher higher on a lot of lists because it captures the the legend of Robin Hood. It doesn't try to ground it in any sort of reality like the Ridley Scott Russell Crowe one, and it plays more in the fantasy of the legend of Robin Hood. The steals from the rich, gives to the poor, charming, cool guy. The one of the original superheroes, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and uh, see, and seeing this movie 
open that open that door to to an interest in Robin Hood for me as a young kid as and for others as well. It works. I think that this is a great introduction into the legend of Robin Hood, and it pays a really good homage to the Errol Flynn Robin Hood and His Merry Men, which is considered the best version of Robin Hood. Oh yeah, Errol, Errol, Errol Flynn's a fantastic <laughs> Robin Hood. Oh man, <clears throat> and I you know because that is a good point because by watching this movie, I did find myself sitting there at least a couple of times because so I have I have never. This isn't a secret. I've told a lot of people I know when it gets brought up, but I've never been a huge like medieval era um or like fantasy ma- like like medieval fantasy magic right, type right. lover so, like uh, like I'm not except for Harry Potter. Harry Potter was the first which that's not even medieval, but <laughs> Harry Potter was like the first like, "Oh, there's magic users." That's the first time I ever grew interested in something like that. But like I, I I don't care for I've never been like a fan of Robin Hood. Um, I've watched it. I love Robin Hood Men in Tights. I love that movie to death. You know what? Um, that's because it's you cannot watch Robin Hood Prince of Thieves anymore because Men in Tights is so damn good at making fun of. It. Yep. And I even want, I I watched Robin Hood Men in Tights prior to watching. <laughs> the Prince of Thieves. Oh no! And then, so that just ruined it. <laughs> and then I went back to Prince of Thieves and went. This isn't nearly funny enough, mm. but I was watching it going, oh, that's what they're making fun I, of. I, I, oh, that's what they're doing. Oh. I get that reference. And it just, I get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> and it just made, it just made uh, Men in Tights just nine times better, mm-hmm. you know, that, or ten times better at that point. Uh, but no, sorry, I digress. The, uh, the, the whole, like, I've never been a huge fan of that, that era, so I've never read Robin Hood, uh, you know, like the actual book or any of the, any of the versions. And I've, I've seen the Errol Flynn version. I've seen, obviously, this version now, and I've seen the ones I mentioned before. Right, but watching this movie, I did find myself kind of being like, "I wonder what the like full length version of this story <laughs> does." Like that's what that's what brought me. Like it, it did its job in it being like you were discussing it being a an entry into this story. Mm-hmm. It's a good it's you a know, good gateway. Right, and it de- and it definitely it definitely did. It made me gonna go like, "I wonder what the actual story does." Like what. What what more is there? What other stuff is there that this movie's not telling me? Or oh, they kind of made a they made a you know a reference to that by a line, but in the book it's actually all this that they talk about. Like yeah, yeah, that uh, sort of thing. So, so. Something that this movie did successfully, uh, in my opinion, and you can disagree if you want, is that this it it plays out in chapters. That this mm-hmm. is one chapter after another, and the chapter and each section of this movie plays out with a very clear beginning of a of a chapter and an end of a chapter they advance through time the these songs kind of uh the songs play good interludes to to one chapter after another where you get you open up with little john and robin hood walking through the forest (laughs) and stealing from prince john and then you get the the uh, skippy's birthday and shooting his arrow and meeting maid marion and then you get uh the tournament and you have the escape to the woods and you have the party and you have the taxes being raised and it, and it it plays out really nicely in these chapters with a pretty cohesive transition from one chapter to the next mm-hmm. and sticking with that idea that I'm offering up of a simplified version now where I said it was a young readers version there in I don't know Jeff what do you think there there feels it feels to me that there's more adult references in this than previous movies we've watched by uh, 
killing care like off with his head and and yeah and, and did robin die and the threat of violence and the the romance and falling in love and even his getting drunk and <laughs> there it, it it's it plays a fine balance between the colorful animal characters doing funny interesting things for the kids while still paying respect to the adult legend that is Robin Hood. I don't know. How did you feel about that balance? That is a good point. It, it definitely did feel like a much more grown-up film in a lot of spots. And and I don't know if that's just because of the source material, like you were saying. Like, is it because it's Robin Hood and Robin Hood kind of isn't a, not necessarily a kid's tale? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a fable, but it's still kind of, it's more adult than some of the other ones that we've stumbled across, you know, like with Cinderella and, and Snow White and all those. It definitely does it definitely it does do a good balance, like you were saying. It, it does a it does yeah. a fine a fine job of of towing that line between here is but but not it but it not being so adult that kids are turned off. Right, right, because they still end up locking up the Prince John and his men in their black they're crushing rocks in the black and white prisoner outfits. And that's <laughs> still very kid friendly, cartoonish, silly. I'm not going to lie, when the castle was on fire, I was half expecting Prince John to be chucked off the top of that spire and (laughs) falling to his doom. I was waiting for it. I was on my tropes section going, and the villain villain falls to his death, and the villain villain is running around, his castle's on fire, he's not not dead. Prince mm -hmm. John is quite a different villain than anyone we've seen. He is such Uh a big brat. (laughs) <laughs> His whiny, oh no, I want my mommy, and oh yes, yes, yes. He's so uh, he's he's so funny. I like him. He's he is the he has machinations of of being evil. But if you look compare him to say like uh, Cruella Deville, Cruella Deville, mm-hmm. she's a crazy mean lady. Yep. Prince John is yep. just an idiot. <laughs> he, he's an idiot with a sidekick in Sir Hiss that actually Sir Hiss feels more like the villain in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's 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 the sidekick that comes off as more of a bad guy. He's, he's the competent one, right? He's yeah, at least as competent as he can be while trying to be a sycophant for Prince John, who has all the money. And and you could very well argue that there's technically three bad guys between Prince John, Sir Hiss, and the Sheriff Sh- of Nottingham. The Sheriff of Nottingham, that's right. <laughs> oh yes, more Western <laughs> actors in this movie than British actors, which I think is. So strange. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, I wonder if, um, I, I'm sure there's trivia out there if they had been working towards a Western themed movie and had all these voice actors on retainer or something. They're like, hey, let's just stick them in the Robin Hood cast. <laughs> but you know, at the same time, that might have been a way, Disney's masterful way of appealing to the whole family in casting all these well known Western television and film actors for voice right. acting so that yeah we can drag grandpa and dad to this movie but they'll get a they'll get a kick out of seeing their the the voices they recognize coming out of these cartoon characters right cuz i mean it was it, it was it was the it was taking this british this very british european fable character and pulling him into again cuz we're in the middle of the 70s at this point mm-hmm. the the closest thing and, and like what's popular right now in the early 70s in america it's the like 
Clint Eastwood westerns. Like it's the spaghetti westerns that are kind of having this kind of, you know, brief resurgence. Um, the spaghetti westerns, not the John Wayne westerns. Right, right. You're not looking at the, um, the, the, the Ford westerns. No, you're looking at the John Wayne. <laughs> you're looking right, exactly. At the, contemporary, uh, the more contemporary Sergio Leone. Sergio yep. Leone. It's tough to say on a Monday. Yeah. While we've been talking, but uh, <laughs> but like but but yeah, it's 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 a really good point you brought up. It's like because now what we're doing is now we're 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 opening it up. We're opening this film and this this concept to a wider audience because it's a li- it's more Americans. That's it's a lot of Americans. Not saying that we're you know country racist. That's not the right term, but whatever. Nationalist. Um, nationalist. <laughs> that's the. I know there was a term, uh, not the one that I just made up. Country. I- Racist. I, that's weird. Countryist. <laughs> countryist. I like countryist um, better. Hashtag countryist. That's that's hashtag the thing. Country. But it does sound like we're fans of country music. I'm not sure if it's better or worse. <laughs> um, no offense to anybody who likes country music. I do too. Don't worry. How uh, but dare the, you? I I like Pat Buttram. That's my thing. I just <laughs> it still comes back to Pat Buttram. Um, but no, like it, I wonder if that was I like like I, like you were saying. I wonder if that was a, a sub. That has to be a subconscious decision or a, or, to, or to a conscious that, to, decision or a conscious decision yeah. to be like no this opens it up to the american audience because now they won't they won't see it as you know as a british story if they're all british actors talking right. now they're seeing it as a oh well this is uh oh this is this okay they're okay i know that one. Oh, i know that here i know that actor i can i this yeah it sounds like an old western tale and they can relate it better to the american yeah that you know perhaps they learned their lesson from aristocats which was so distinctly a french story now, 101 Dalmatians was a British story, sure, and there have been other uh, other films that are specific to a culture, but uh, Aristocats is very distinctly French, and that might have turned off some some moviegoers to to create this British folklore and injecting it with a lot of American and contemporary references. There's a whole football scene in this. A whole football scene that plays on Wisconsin. <laughs> That's right. I was like, I was... <laughs> As soon as it played, I was like, oh my gosh, this is on Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, Grand Old Badger State. And Candace looks at me and goes, um, I know this as the Robin Hood football scene song. Thank you very much. <laughs> like, well, you're not from Wisconsin, obviously. I don't know why I'm doing a, a Southern accent when I do that. <laughs> but the, we're not so there's the, the football scene. There's uh, cho- there's train noises when the, oh, yes. who's, in, who's driving this umbrella? <laughs> uh, and even even some of the music. Well, you have the folk singer in Alan Dale, right? But uh, mm-hmm. some of the action sequence music is more contemporary, and um, uh, yeah. So it, it's it's this. It doesn't date it as much as say Jungle Book and Aristocats did in choosing to theme some of their references so so solidly in the '60s and '70s. This one, though, it's con. It's these weird contemporary at the time references. It fits within this, the tone and style of of this movie. It didn't take me out of it too much, is what I'm saying. No, no, it definitely. And that was a thing that was that's it threw me off at first. But looking back at it, it's it definitely did not take me out. I'm I'm I okay, yeah okay sure because I think I think there's so many movies nowadays that don't, especially like animated or more kid friendly ones that don't don't concern themselves with being a hundred percent accurate mm-hmm. like that. 
you know, there's definitely movies that concern themselves with being 100% accurate and and people complain when they're not 100% accurate. But the ones that are just like, eh, the time, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, we're making more modern references in a thing that took place in the 70s. Yeah. Like, <laughs> eh, whatever. <laughs> like, no one cares. It, it's funny. It's entertaining. And that's that's the point. When the movie doesn't take it seriously, then the audience can't take it seriously. And And the references were built in context. Right. When Mm -hmm. there are out of context references in, I'm going to say specifically animated movies, that will date a movie so freaking fast. Go back and watch that first Shrek. Go back and watch Shrek 2. Those references are so specific to the year that they came out that an American (laughs) Idol reference or a dating game (laughs) reference from, uh, let's let's go to the mirror. She's this and this. Oh, princess. Those jokes do not hold up. Whereas nope. I feel the contemporary references in Robin Hood here, maybe we're beyond them so much that they don't even feel contemporary. Uh, right. <laughs> that they don't feel as uh, detrimental to the, the film itself. But I'd like to give a credit to the, the filmmakers that they, they knew not to build the story around references, but put the references in context to the story. Well, TC, in the year 2032 or 37, when Shrek 1 is as old as Robin Hood (laughs) is to us now. We'll see. We'll uh, see. We'll see if those references are just funny now or we just don't even care anymore. Uh, (laughs) We'll have to wait and see. We will have to wait and see. Um, I will say this. So one thing we have not talked about yet is this. We, we briefly mentioned the fact that Alan, Alan Adele was singing, you know, open up the movie with a song. Right. There's only a, there is only a, not only, there's a handful of songs in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, honestly, and I guess I'm a sucker for sad, slow songs, yeah. but uh, not in Nottingham. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the good outweighs the bad, but not yeah. in Nottingham. That's a great song. It was a great song. And I, I, I Never. So this is a movie where I did not recognize any of the music in this. You you did recognize one without realizing it, and I'll tell you in a moment. It's the open it's opening the bit because <laughs> I know the hamster dance. It's the hamster dance. It's the <laughs> which which is but see even that was I recognize that because it's a part of a completely different right 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 ridiculous but thing in terms of the film. You had no point of reference, so I had no point. Like at least in like the Jungle Book, like I knew the bare necessities. I recognized. I've always recognized some one of the songs from a movie that I have not seen. Yeah, and now here you go. You know, so not in Nottingham. That uh, you like that song, huh? I liked that song. It was a. It was again. I, I'm sometimes a sucker for sad slower songs like that. I I can't help it. <laughs> but it was a very pretty song. It was it was well performed and it, it was very emotional and it worked completely well in the spot in the film that it is in. Yeah, I, I had forgotten how good the music is in this. It's not legendary. It's not these classic, no. classic Disney songs that you, you immediately think of, but it's the the uh, the Little John Robin Hood Walk Through the Force. I hum that all the time. I, I hum the I hum that all the time. Like, whenever I stay with our friend Chad, at some point on my trip, one of us will end up mm-hmm. be, will be whistling that in the morning. <laughs> but I guess this goes goes to prove, like, there are so many there are so many Disney films that have me- at least a memorable song that came out of them. Yeah. But then, are we in that era of these movies that the songs that are used aren't 
necessarily like it's because it's it's that era of, of Disney where Disney kind of fell off a little bit and is hitting that harder time. So maybe it was not the music that uh, that uh, is become that became so wide known. Because once we hit once we freaking hit Little Mermaid again, Little Mermaid through Lion King, that's four or three movies right there that have so many pieces of music in it that everybody recognizes well, I, and everybody knows. It, it may be because it's the era we grew up in, the 90s, right, True. watching those movies. Or it may be this simple fact. The Disney musical, Disney animated musical, as we know it, was not defined until the 90s. That Renaissance era defined the Disney musical. Because I, mm-hmm. I watching the 20 movies, 21 movies we've seen so far, I don't... Jungle Book has some amazing musical numbers in it, and that definitely makes it stand out. Mm-hmm. But we have not truly experienced the the Disney musical. Cinderella, yeah, I'd say Cinderella and Pinocchio, they have their places. But at, right. when when the general audience thinks of an animated Disney musical, we haven't seen that yet. It is the Renaissance era that defined Disney musicals as we know them. Right, because a lot of these movies, whenever, especially the ones we've seen so far, when there's songs, it, it might be a character singing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've we've definitely seen a ton of the movies that it's just the chorus. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the chorus that's singing the song. It's not any physical person in the movie. Or when it is, it's it's more or less just um, it's just one or two. It's maybe a character, but you don't see them singing it on screen. It's more of just a song that's playing uh, in accompaniment to the score, right. basically. like Maid Ma- It's just an extension of the score with lyrics. Yeah, Maid Marian's song, Love, which was nominated for an Oscar, she doesn't sing it. It's a narrative musical number mm-hmm. when uh, her and Robin are having their, their stroll through the woods. She doesn't sing it to him. It's just a song being sung while we see it. Right, so it's almost more like a. It comes off like a, like more of like a, a, a like a thought. It's like this is just in her head of 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 her thinking what's going on or can or, you or read what's happening my mind? Yeah, <laughs> and we cut we cut over to Robin, and he's just like, is she singing? <laughs> Why is she singing? Shut up! No, nah. I'm sorry, British accent. Shut up! No, Robin wouldn't do that. He's a good guy. So actually, he's a fox. Actually, here's here's an interesting. Um, piece of this film right mm-hmm. one of the very first lines of dialogue between john little john and robin hood is little john asks you ever wonder are we the good guys or the bad guys and what proceeds <laughs> is built around that thematic question is robin hood a hero or a villain in the fact that he steals right and mm-hmm. it's the re- it's why he's stealing that makes him this legendary hero he wasn't Stealing from the rich to make himself wealthy, he lives in the woods with a with drying his clothes on a line and burning food on a on a spit and fire. He was not using any of that money for his own material gain. He was just helping the little people. the The thematic question of "Are we the good guys or the bad guys?" is it, what proceeds is the answer to that question all the way to the very end. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's good script and it's. Writing. it's, it's it's good script writing because it's one of those it's one of those questions that depending upon your point of view or the point of view that you're looking at it from mm-hmm. changes the answer to that question. The entire film from Prince John's point of view or the kingdom's point of view, Robin is a thief. And they're doing, you know, and, and Prince John and the kingdom are doing their job. Yeah, uh, by they might be doing it a little harsher <laughs> than they're supposed to, but they are doing their job. They are you know, they're running the ruling the kingdom. He's the head and this guy's going around 
taking like robbing our stuff, taking our stuff, and then giving it away to other people. Yeah. And obviously, yes, the the moral core to this whole thing is that Robin is the good guy. You know, he's doing what Prince John. Well, I can't. You can't argue that he's doing what Prince John's should. Prince John is just being a giant tool bag. Right. And- <laughs> Robin Hood's ends justify his means. Right. 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 Exactly. So, but that's a good point. I didn't realize. I didn't catch that. That was the first. Uh, that was how the movie starts. Yeah. Uh, the, Interesting. There's a great moment when Prince John is sleeping, and they do the jailbreak, right? And then Robin's mm-hmm. like, "I'm gonna go visit the treasury." And at first thought, it's like, "Well, don't come on, don't push your luck. Just get these people out of here." Right. Well, that's what Robin is doing. He is getting them out of their dire straits. He's getting them out of prison and out of poverty. And he gets all that money from Prince John to give to the people, even going so far as to get that last bag, which is yep. like, you're still pressing your luck. It does not it does not come across as greed at all. He's right. He loves the thrill of the chase, and he obviously loves acting the role and and being the hero. But it's all for genuinely good reasons. There's nothing cocky. Well, I don't know. He is cocky, but there's nothing cruel in Robin. Everything he's doing is for the good of the people, which is, which is the legend of Robin Hood. Right. Yeah. You could, you could very well, you could argue that he is a little cocky because, because he, he's, but he's so confident that, no, I got this. (laughs) I got no worries. I'll get that last bag of gold. It doesn't matter. Here comes the sheriff. Don't let him see it. Oh, watch this. Oh, the sheriff of Nordenheim. Good to meet you, (laughs) sir. Good to meet you. (laughs) He's flat out uber cocky, Mm -hmm. but he's, he's because he's over, he's very confident that, he he'll take care of us. It's nothing, nothing that you have to worry your particular he, head over. He is the epitome of a swashbuckling rogue. Like that's, oh yeah, Robin Hood himself is, as demonstrated and uh, in this film that he is this roguishly handsome, charming, swashbuckling adventurer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why it's so perfect that Errol Flynn played him back in the uh, in the silent era of films because that's kind of the roles that Errol Flynn did really well mm. was the swashbuckling <laughs> heroes. <laughs> Look at this smile. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to bring up one little thing that I found, TC, sure. as, we've, uh, as we're hitting this 48-minute uh, mark. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to bring up a theory that I stumbled across ah, for this movie. Okay, okay. Um, we, we've, in the past, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've really kind of done a lot of these just because it's not always so easy, especially, and I know this is not going to be something that is going to be easy to find in these next you know, six or seven movies. Mm-hmm. But for this one, I, I did stumble across an interesting theory that will connect to a future movie we watch on this podcast. Okay. Uh, but quite a ways down the line, as in number 55. Oh. So it's a ways down. Zootopia. But the, 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 oh, okay. Keep, exactly. Keep, keep going, keep going. Yep. You already, you, I, you, I bet you, you know where we're going with this. The theory is that uh, Robin Hood and Zootopia, the animated film that came out just a few years back, are in the same universe. Totally. There's so yeah, there's keep, the keep there's going, the Disney there, yep there's the Disney universe theory which I know we brought up in a previous episode where like all the Disney movies connect to each other um or like or like the Pixar theory is one of those mm-hmm. uh, and it's getting more popular with some of the other like the princess ones about how like Tangled and Frozen and uh, the Little Mermaid and like the Jungle Book can all potentially all be connected into the same world because it's the same time frame and characters yeah um, which which holds uh, a little bit of water but when you try to add in other movies in the Disney Canon Library, it falls apart. Right, it falls apart. So somebody had asked the the, the co-directors regarding uh, who based Zootopia whether or not Robin Hood would be in the same universe. Basically, saying if if they had gone to the Zootopia universe, 
and had gone back in time, would they have ended up in Robin Hood? Mm-hmm. And it's the current theory that, yes, that's exactly what would have happened. Because in Zootopia, so between the two movies, uh, Nick from Zootopia, so the main Fox character mm-hmm. uh, of Zootopia and Robin, are very are, have a lot of similarities. Oh, yeah, in they're totally character, very you know. similar template to their their. I, Robin's a little taller, but <laughs> <laughs> but then you get uh, then you get uh, Judy from Zootopia mm-hmm. and Skippy, the little bunny oh, rabbit. Yeah. That's going after. Duh, yeah, that's yeah. And then we have uh, the mayor of Zootopia and King Richard are both lions. And funny enough, the mayor's name in uh, in Zootopia mm-hmm. is Mayor Mayor Leodore Lionheart. Oh my God! Yes, this this is not a theory. This is a fact of life. This is a fact. Like it's gotta be um, the history but that, of uh, Zootopia goes back to Robin Hood. That's yep. Because that would basically mean like you know whatever. Like the mayor of Zootopia is technically like the great 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 grandson of King Richard mm-hmm. the Lionheart. Like it, in that it's all just this <laughs> continuation. Um, the bad guys in play wolves yeah as their as their henchmen like in both films it's it's this kind of so the, the the current fan theory is that the robin hood zootopia connection it's it's in its own little like pocket universe mm-hmm. where it's it's all just anthropomorphic animals yeah it's that universe totally you know it's not in the same as toy story or mm-hmm. monsters inc or, or you know or, or any of those other films or any of the other animated uh, or animal based animated films because mm-hmm. those movies could st- or obviously still could take place in the human world bambi even though we don't see humans obviously still takes place in the human world right the, mo- the most i'd give bambi bambi any connection to well actually we've tried to connect it to a couple like who killed bambi's mom but i'd even go f- right. so far as to say it could potentially be connected to lion king Right. Yes. See, that would be more like that's that's those movies are those movies feel more accurate to be in the same world. Whereas Robin Hood, because it is all animals, there's no humans in this world. But these are the quote unquote humans of the world. Right. Um, but yeah, so I just I thought it was uh, I thought it was kind of fun that 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 theory was probably one of the more obviously there's nothing to hold you know to hold the candle against it but the the co-directors of Zootopia definitely love the idea that that's a great could, yeah I like that theory that's one of the best ones I've heard yet <laughs> isn't it see I was I was pretty happy about that one when I stumbled across it I went yes this one I'll buy like I'm okay with this one so <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that was my, that was my theory about it. I didn't, I just wanted to bring that up to let, you Excellent. know, let you know and let the listeners at home understand it. But I like that you knew where I was going. Yeah, well, I mean, you said 55, <laughs> so I quickly did the, the math in my head and I'm like, oh, my honest 56, what came before that was a Toby. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I so, I'm wondering of all the movies we've watched so far. Oh uh, no. <laughs> okay. Those those who may not be aware, Jeff already has his number one, and the whole goal of this ten is going to be: Can Beauty and the Beast be dethroned as the That's number true. one from this That's ten? True. And, and Jeff, I want you to be honest. I want you to challenge yourself to see if any of these next nine movies can beat Beauty and the Beast for you. So right now, we know what your number one is. <laughs> this is very true. But of all this the movies the... we've watched. <laughs> Where do you put the rest of them? <laughs> well, well, so for the sake of the podcast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because obviously we haven't watched Beauty and the Beast yet, so I can't say <laughs> okay. it's going to be my I, number one. I was going to allow it. I was going to allow it. 
though it will be my number one, guys. I hope you don't <laughs> mind. Um, this 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 is my number one right now, just because it's the start of a new right, list. Uh, those who I, may be new to the cast, we we group these in ten, as we've referenced yep. before, just so we don't have to rank one through fifty six. We are ranking 1 through 10, 11 through 20, and now 21 through 30. This being yep. the first one, it's easy to place it as our number one. As our number one. Now, I will say this. as uh, <clears throat> I was about 30 minutes into this movie, and I had already checked to see how much time I had left. Ooh, okay. So this this movie was for me. And so since we don't have to explain why it's our number ones right, right now, right, right. Um, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna use this as my chance to just kind of give you my general opinion of it. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a fine movie. We've we've talked about a lot of very positive aspects of it, and I've been I've actually maintained a very positive attitude towards this film while recording this this episode. Um, I don't hate this movie mm-hmm. by all means. There's been movies we've already watched that I hate a lot more than this movie. <laughs> I will just leave that at that, everybody. Um, but it's still, it, it, it's, it, it, the, yeah, the animation's beautiful. I loved a bunch of the songs in it. The um, the the way the way it looked was just great. I just I wasn't really like set on the movie. Mm-hmm. I just I I was like, okay, I watched it. I probably won't. Ever watch it again? Right. Unfortunately, like it's among those on my list right now. It just and it's you know what? Again, I, I think it's the I think it's the era. I think it goes back to the fact that I don't like these types of stories. Mm-hmm. That's just and that's the same across the board. I don't like the like medieval fairy tale or excuse me, like I don't like medieval fantasy. I get what you're saying. Fantasy. This is not, as, yeah, this is not a genre just, or an era that you are interested in. Where, I'm, I'm Right, exactly. Where I am. Now, <laughs> I am interested. So it's it's very clear to see that I did enjoy this movie and mm-hmm. and you less so. I'm not, I, less, I don't think you hated it, right? I did not hate this movie because like I said, there are other movies we have watched that I really do not like more than this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But this one, like this one, was fine. There was a lot of very positive things, and this is this is one of those movies that when we get into like higher up or like with more films in our list, yeah. is going to be one of those where it's going to be like, well, but Robin Hood had this, this, and this, so that's got to still be higher than this movie because right. of you know for whatever reason. <laughs> I'm just guessing, honestly. So the, this um, this kind of sets your sets the standard of the movies to follow. Making this our number one, it now becomes a question of is it better or worse than what follows, right? That's than what the, follows. The whole right. idea of listing these is is for that very reason, right? So it was it was interesting. Like I said, I I I just I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it was if it you know, maybe I was just distracted. I'm still on West Coast time from my my trip, <laughs> which I've been home now for three, four days. I don't know why I'm still on West Coast time, but uh, I'm just I'm tired. I don't know if it was because of that. I don't know if it was because I was just not in the mood to watch a movie yeah, yesterday when I watched it, it. We've we've discussed this before that our 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 personal lives are going to affect how we feel about a film. That just goes for mm-hmm. film in general. When you sit down to watch something, what you're carrying into that viewing is going to affect mm-hmm. your viewing of it. Uh, yep. It 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 kind of plays into to stick with the literature theme of this uh movie and whatnot. There were books that I was required to read in high school. Jeff, I'm sure there mm-hmm. were books you were required to read. And I bet oh yeah. 9 times out oh, of 10 yeah. like any good American student, you skimmed it, you learned what you could, <laughs> you've read the you read the study guide and somehow passed with just enough points. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but later in life, going to read something that you aren't forced to read is going to change your perspective on it. 
So Huckleberry Finn, I've had to read that book three times. I had to read it twice. A third time, I really willingly read it and was like, wow. This is actually a good book. <laughs> <laughs> when you're not having, we're not being forced to read yeah. it. You can you can look at it and appreciate it in a different light. Not not that you're being forced to watch Robin no. Hood, but in a sense, you kind of are because we've we've chosen to watch the movies as we watch them. So yeah. you're you're sitting down to watch this as scheduled, and and surely your trip is still on your mind. And I don't blame you mm-hmm. for feeling one way or another about it. But uh, yep. that's that's the fun of viewing these now. Whether it's a first time viewing for Jeff or a new viewing for me, uh, I, I don't think I enjoyed this as much as I have in the past because I did grow up this being one of the movies I watched multiple times. Like I said, I mm-hmm. had a, a Robin Hood phase, but this was this was good, and I found some new things to enjoy about it. The little detailed animation techniques that they used in Robin Hood, in Prince John, and and. Uh, and I, I, I liked it. I like this movie. I like it. So there you go. <laughs> Good response. Good answer, TC. Go. <laughs> would, would you play this for kids? Is this a movie that you feel holds some sort of lesson that kids could attach to? Or could this be a gateway for... Would you play this for your nieces? I um, I, I would play it for... I would play it for my nieces if they were in a spot where they're like, we're going to, you know, they want us to, or we're going to learn about like Robin Hood, or we're going to learn about this era of, um, of, of European history mm-hmm. or, or something like that. Cause it definitely is, as we previously discussed, it definitely works well as a gateway and as kind of a, as a, a kid friendly entry point into these types of stories and these types of, of fables. Uh, Cause it's, uh, it still has enough of the adult, in it from the source material while still being very kid friendly, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that they're like off with his head and all that. Because even with those moments into it, for a kid, a kid is gonna just ask is gonna ask a question. Right. They're gonna like, well, what does off with his head mean? Like, what 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 do you mean? <laughs> like, in, if they didn't understand from context clues, uh, they they would still ask about it. So if anything, the movie, while there is definitely adult moments in it for kids. It will open up conversation. It'll open up yeah. questions, which is key for any movie to help educate children yeah. or anybody for that matter is to let there be questions. I, I agree. I think this is a great entry film to yep. a genre of film or literature that you could offer this up to a, a 10-year-old, 11-year-old and, mm-hmm. and s- engage their interest in – or they might already have an interest in swords and sorcery and you don't quite want to get them into Lord of the Rings or – uh, something right. a little heavier. This could be an entry point into that fantasy. That's not really fantasy of that action adventure genre. And, right. Uh, and and that, and you had just you said a really good point right there. Where this is a this is for a slightly older kid. This is not this. This wouldn't be a movie I would show like a five year old. No, I don't think it would engage them as much no. as someone who's willing to sit down and pay attention. This is a good entry film. That yep. if if they walk away asking questions about. The character you could potentially point them at a book series or yep. a television series that plays in this realm, or if they're interested in the swords and the and the arrows and whatnot, then you could guide them towards something like Pirates of the Caribbean, which right. is a little more adult, a little heavier, but it still is a, as a logical step away from something as family friendly as this animated Robin Hood is. Right, and if they just really love the medieval times, boom! Right into Game of Thrones. Right into Game of Thrones. Here you go, kids. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> oh, watch these! Oh God! <laughs> what is this happening? 
<laughs> Watch all these people murder and have sex and swear. <laughs> yeah, let's a, do it. You're a bad man, Jeff. You're a bad man. <laughs> well, I am, well, I am curious to see what our listeners might think of Robin Hood, and I, I look forward to reading the comments that uh, you might be able to. If you're listening to this, you can head over to facebook.com slash Top Shelf Pod, and there will be a mm-hmm. posting for this episode that we'd love to get your get some response on, hear what you have to say. Or if you want to tweet at us, you can tweet at me at TC's Big Head. You can tweet at Jeff at Random Bell, and um, and we'll we we like to engage with you guys. I actually do have a couple comments for today that aren't specifically okay. about Robin Hood, but just in some tweets that I got and comments that I spotted that I thought were worth having a quick conversation with you. Okay. Um, this is from a new listener. I have not seen her comment before. Diane Canale, who is on, she commented on the Facebook post for Peter Pan. Oh, okay. Uh, now, you and I, Jeff, we, we we gave Tinkerbell quite a hard time, I think. That, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's putting it mildly. Mildly, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Diane points out that she doesn't think many people, she thinks many people vilify Tinkerbell without thinking about all that Peter Pan puts her through. Right, because Peter uses and takes advantage of Tink's obvious affections, and as far as Tinkerbell acting like a jealous girlfriend, uh, Diane feels that uh, she's every um, that she has every right to to these feelings because Peter uses her, right, and he uses her to bring other girls to Neverland. How how is she going to act? She's in she's being uh, mentally and uh, abused by him, and physically she spanks him or she, he spanks her to get the Tinkerbell dust out of her. You know that's a very good point. <laughs> so, so Diane, she's not saying that what Tinkerbell did was right, but it's un, undeniable. Um, There's more of a justification yeah, behind yeah. why she's doing it, and that's that's that is a very good point. And something Diane. that that you and I did not, I didn't think of it until she pointed I out. Didn't. Like you're right, she is kind of being tortured by this guy. <laughs> <laughs> then she just needs to leave. Yeah, she, <laughs> she's reached this breaking point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good point though. That yeah. is that's a fantastic point. I missed that post. Yeah. When was that? July. Oh, I was, I was, you were, I was off out gallivanting. Town, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, thank you, Dan, for for coming down there. We, I, I love that other perspective, right? Yes, um, as, and that's what we look for. Yeah, that is yeah. exactly what we look for. Um, let's see, and then um, a quick note of Thomas. He he threw up his top ten from the second set of ten, which he says is for his his money it's the until the 90s the most fun the 10 we just watched okay yep uh, he has yep he has Alice in Wonderland as his number one which is that's I, I love the difference <sighs> you people I tell you <laughs> he, he, he has Sword in the Stone as number Th- 10 Thomas I mean that with all fun trust me sir <laughs> that, that's that's the fun of of these films is that oh yeah nearly every one of these I don't think all of them because it's not fair to it's those there's certain films on here that people just aren't aware of because they've not oh, yeah. had the the classic history as some of these others but it is it's nearly all these movies is someone's favorite I just had a conversation at uh on, I was at Comic-Con for the weekend and had a great conversation about this podcast in particular with some, with a listener and a couple of just uh friends and this new friend I made in the discussion of the podcast was really excited that we did Aristocats recently because that's her mm-hmm. that's her favorite Disney movie. Of and I didn't make fun of her for that, <laughs> but I did think <laughs> it's that that neat aspect that nearly all these movies is somebody's favorite, and that's pretty that's, that's pretty cool. 
That is very true. And I, I, I know definitely like, yeah, going, going along with what you're saying, I've talked to a couple of my friends and a couple of people that I've, I've seen over the time, over the years and, and we're in the era, actually our friend Karen, I know this is the era that she likes a lot of these movies. Actually, I think Robin Hood is a favorite, is a favorite of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really hoping I'm not misquoting that. Shank will tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> uh, if she listens to this episode, mm-hmm. how dare she not listen to my show? <laughs> um, but no, like, so I, I, it's, yeah, it's a good point. And it all comes down to just, it's, it's, it's who we were or it's, it's what era we grew up in. It was our influences on film. Me personally, I didn't watch a lot of movies from the late sixties through the seventies right, so until no love recent. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched movies from the twenties, thirties and the forties with like Abin Gasello and the three stooges and the Marx brothers and, and you know, and like Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant. Like I've watched a lot of those movies and then I've watched a lot of eighties through the modern day movies, but I kind of skipped that like fifties through the seventies until I got much, much older when my tastes had changed. Yeah, and now, now you're you know? probably finding these gems you didn't know about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, this was a movie. I didn't know this was a movie. Like this is a fantastic film. You know, I like, like some like it hot was a movie that I never watched until oh, well, the great. podcast, the, the AFI podcast. We had to watch it for that. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Great that movie is brilliant. Great movie. Uh, plus somehow Tony Curtis and, Jack Lemon make somewhat decent looking women. I don't know how that's even possible. Tony Curtis makes a very pretty looking woman. I'm just going to throw mm-hmm. that out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's got very good cheekbones. Anyways, uh, so we need to end what, this episode. I, I, yes. Um, if uh, Once again, I'll throw it out there. If you do want to get a hold of us, you can hit up facebook.com, top, sel- top shelf pod. Almost got through it. Almost got through. Where you can comment on our episodes as well as check out uh, Lindsay and Colin doing their Top Shelf podcast, which is the Oscars Best Picture winners. They've been going for those of you, those of you who are, yeah, for those of you who have been uh, who have recently joined the Facebook page because I know there's been some new likes recently. Mm -hmm. If you don't realize, that's what happens. This our show comes out every Wednesday. Colin and Lindsay's comes out generally on Mondays. It kind it just depends upon their schedule. They've been doing them recently a little more frequently. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, that's okay. Uh, Get that out there. I will make a point, and Jeff, Jeff and I are going to do our best to, if we have to skip a week again, we will mm-hmm. offer up some content for you guys so we don't leave you hanging for a week wondering where we are. Uh, we have been getting some new listenership, and it's it's great. Uh, I appreciate all these new listeners coming in to hear and checking out some of our other podcasts, so... The, the least we can do is stay consistent with you guys. <laughs> yes. Which, uh, for, for, for here on out for quite some time, at least for me, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, I should be around more off often to, uh, so I shouldn't be skipping anything. You know, Jeff, um, there's a good chance but... I may be around more than I am right now in the coming oh. weeks. How, how is that? I might be. What? I might be making a trip to. Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, we get to do another episode. In we do, yeah. Which it won't be our next one, but it could be in the next couple of weeks. Jeff and I will be in the same room watching a movie together. Again. <laughs> we get to be in the same room again. Yes, in, in silence. silence. Don't say watching. anything. Do not react. You keep your mouth shut. Um, but maybe what we should do. Maybe what we should do for that one. The next time you're in here is maybe we should record a running commentary for the movie and <laughs> and bank that as a future episode. I don't know. We'll think. We'll about think it. about it. So, but, uh, but what what is next for us? Well, next on the list, so we're going to jump another, we're actually going to jump four years between Robin Hood and our next film for the 1977, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Ah, yes, which, you know what this is, Jeff. What? This is a hashtag package film. Oh, no! 
They've returned. They've returned. <laughs> it's so it. exciting. The the Winnie the Pooh Winnie the Pooh had shorts before a bunch of the Disney features in the past ten years leading up to it. And they, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's ten, but uh, the years leading up to it. So they collected all of them and made and released a feature film. <laughs> that is awesome. I was gonna say because looking at the years, so this, so the next one came out in March of '77. Mm-hmm. The movie after that is The Rescuers, which came out in June of '77. Yes. So they, they, so. they uh, we, we've returned to package films. You know, TC, I thought I thought we were done with them in the '40s. I nope. thought we had seen nope. the last one. There you go. Even though I do remember us talking about having that Adventures of the Winnie the Pooh were, was a package yes. film and that we would get to it when we got to it. I so, do remember that now. For, <laughs> for those of you who may try to get a hold of this to watch it, make sure you watch The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh because there is a second Winnie the Pooh movie which came out in the uh, the in the past 10 years. So make sure you're watching the correct Winnie the Pooh feature The correct film. version. And yep. not any of the straight-to-DVD or theatrically released sequels like Pooh's Heffalump movie or the Tigger movie or Piglet's Big movie. None of those. None of those. Or or the television show that ran from 1988 to 91 called The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Was that the creepy live-action one? <laughs> no, this is the this is still the animated one. <laughs> All right. But, well, uh, we'll, we'll discuss... I know the creepy one. <laughs> we'll discuss Winnie the Pooh next week, so thank you everybody for listening. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. We're glad to be back again, and we will see you all next time. TC, what is the sign-out message? Th- this is a sign-off. I really love that this sign-off. Is it. That's a great <laughs> sign-off. <laughs> see you next week, everybody. Bye, everybody. This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. They should write lyrics for the Top Shelf opening bit. This is the Top Shelf Pod. Cast where we talk about Disney movies. V's between the two. <laughs> Oh, that's going to be in the episode.